Welcome to Talking Giants Rants Preview. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, presented by John Boy Media. I just like rambled that intro all in one. This is the this is the preview of the Rams game. We're presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host Justin Pennick. We got an interview with Cameron DeSilva of Ramswire. Um, and then we'll uh, finish up with our fantasy draft, giant factors, and and game predictions. Justin, what's going on? How you feeling after 0-3? Looking the Rams just down, just down the barrel at the Rams. Bobby, I think for that intro, you wanted to say presented by John Boy Media before you said Rams preview, but then you just mixed them up and your brain got confused and you didn't want to go back on it and you played it very smooth. I thought you played it very smooth, but I think that's where your brain was. You wanted to say presented by John Boy Media first. I always do presented by John Boy Media first, but I didn't. Th- I didn't. Threw you off. Threw you off. It's all right. It did. Take a lap. No, we're not taking. We're not. Laps jokes aren't funny anymore. No, we need. We need funny. a win before lap jokes are funny. Um, Justin, this Rams team is two and one, and the only loss was, you know, they came back from a twenty-eight-three deficit to a Buffalo Bills team that I like a lot. You know, Josh Allen has had a, you know, an MVP caliber start to a season, um, and they ended up, you know, coming back and winning that game in the the final second. So they're they're a few plays away from being three and zero against. The Cowboys, who aren't good, but are like they're like on that mix of good, you know, good against bad teams and and bad against good teams. Um, the Eagles, who are a train wreck, and then right there with the Bills, who have who have looked awesome. Every tough every week is going to be a tough matchup for the New York Giants, but this I think is going to be an especially tough one because of some of the things they do. Yeah, and especially on the offensive side of the ball for the Rams, Jared Goff is having a really efficient year. Jared Goff was never the kind of guy that's going to win football games because of his great down-the-field performance and him taking over games. It was going to be that 2018 formula that he had, and they seem to be back. The Rams' offense, they seem to be back because also they're really... They're running the ball very well, too, with the two-headed monster in that backfield. Um, They're efficient. I thought they were... A little bit more 12 personnel heavy. They were definitely more 12 personnel heavy with utilizing two tight ends in 2019. And it was largely because one of their weaknesses was the offensive line. And that was people in LA's reasons for Jared Goff not being as good last year because the offensive line wasn't good. Well, they had an offseason to improve things. They're running more 11 personnel to start the season. They're winning football games. They got weapons on offense. They're being efficient, and they're looking good on the offensive side of the ball. And that was their main concern, and they obviously have playmakers on defense as well. Yeah, I think they're as balanced as an offense as you can find. You know, it doesn't mean they're the best offense, but they're extremely balanced. The offensive line, like you said, has improved for them. They've only given up four sacks. You know, they're 
They're 24th uh, in the league and and pressure percentage, which means they're top eight. Um, Goff is completing over 70% of his passes. They're the highest in play action. They're second highest in yak. It is, I feel like this offense right now is a product of Sean McVay. Sean McVay was the guy, you know, and then he one bad year and it feels like we've forgotten where two years ago the offseason was if you had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay, you became a head coach joke. So <laughs> people have fallen asleep on Sean McVay because of the guy we faced last week in Kyle Shanahan, but Sean McVay has looked to like, you know, bring this Rams team back after a down, you know, not even like a horrible year last year, just a down year from being in the Super Bowl the year before. And they spread it around. I mean, they literally have a two running back system. Henderson and Brown are separated by one carry. Um, Cooper Cup is their lead receiver, but targets are spread around. Cooper Cup just catches 86% of his freaking catches. Um, you know, Goff, like I said, completing over 70% of his passes, doing a lot of play action. That's kind of some of the stuff that Sean McVay introduced of like, hey, just run a ton of play action. Yeah. You know, um, using motion. So this Rams offense is very balanced, and that's what worries me about the Giants is because the Giants is a defense that has some honestly, our best players have stepped up this year. James Bradbury, Blake Martinez, Leonard Williams. Like our better players have stepped up, but it's just the it's the defense of like, hey, cornerback two is a weakness. Nickel corner, uh Darnay Holmes. Eventually we think he could be a strength, but right now he's a weakness. Inside linebacker number two. Um, is a weakness. So, um, and no David Mayo back this week, even though I, I think we're going to actually stay in some three safety stuff, even with Peppers gone. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how McVay attacks this defense. Andrew Whitworth also keeps Jerry Reese up at night because I'm pretty sure the same offseason that he was a free agent, it's possible that we drafted uh, Eric Flowers and a lot of Giants fans wanted to sign Andrew Whitworth. Like that was like a no brainer decision. And somehow, he is still in the NFL. The one of the reasons why you didn't want to sign Andrew Whitworth as the t- at the time was because of his age, and he's still found a way to stay in the NFL, and he's still pretty productive. So uh, shout out Jerry Reese. Shout out Jerry Reese. We played Leonard Floyd this week too. Oh yes. Oh, he was he was uh, Jerry Reese's sweetheart. But Bobby, about our defensive playmakers and the guys that we're expecting to perform perform, they have, and I think that's been one of the main differences <clears throat> about how this Giants defense has performed, particularly in the first two weeks, co- compared to years past, because we've been looking at this defense saying, okay, this Even is a three. fine... This well, well, week three... Well, I, I mean, Blake I, Martinez was great in week three. Leonard Williams was great in week three. And James Bradbury yes. were, was great in week three. He didn't have yes. an interception, but he was great last week. Gave yes, up, like, two but I, under, I understand why fans, when you know maybe we'll make silly posts on social media about... Leonard Williams having a really good week, or James Bradbury having a good week, Blake Martinez, et cetera, et cetera. I can understand why fans would still get frustrated by saying, well, what did they do? What did the team do? So, but especially the first two weeks as a whole, I feel partially why this defense has overexceeded expectations is because they have had those players stepping up and making concrete good plays and game-changing, game-impacting plays, and that is not something that we have had in years past where one particular guy, Leonard Williams getting a sack, Leonard Williams getting a pressure, a QB hit on a third down that forces an incompletion, Blake Martinez going sideline to sideline off of a screen, James Bradbury getting a a pass deflected. Those are things that we just haven't had. So you're hoping, once again, that 
this defense can do that for you. But also, the biggest bugaboo that is facing this defense right now is getting off the field on third down. They're the second worst team in the NFL at getting off the field on third down. Ironically enough, they're the second best team in the NFL on first down production in terms of not allowing yards and not allowing offenses to move forward on first down. Um, they're two totally different ends of the spectrum. And I'm sure that's something that Patrick Graham is uh, scratching his head over about how he can fix that. Yeah, we didn't get to talk about it on Wednesday. I'm actually kind of happy with the the Chicago third down three man rush stuff drove me crazy. But other than that, I've actually been pretty happy with Graham how he's called defense. Here, here's my here's my main question for you in terms of how the Rams maybe attack um, the Giants defense. And you watched some film this week. Obviously, you didn't watch all all of the film on on the Los Angeles Rams, but the Rams do have the experience of playing twelve personnel with two tight ends. And obviously, we know how much Sean, Sean McVay likes to run out of 11 personnel. Frankly, I think this year, they're more balanced than they've ever been, where they're not black or white on either end of the spectrum, where Sean McVay used to be like 90% of the time running out of 11 personnel. Do you think the Rams go a little bit more run-heavy in terms of their formations and putting out running formations because they want Devontae Downs on the field and that's bad for the Giants. No, because they're not the 49ers. Devontae Downs, I don't... I think Devontae Downs will get the Corey Ballantyne treatment anyways. I actually think... Call me crazy, but I think they actually will pull the trigger and, and play Tay Crowder as that inside linebacker number two. But I, I don't think we are letting the Rams forcing us to put two inside linebackers. They will do three safeties, you know. And we don't even know who that third safety would be. You know, hopefully not Ebner. But, um, I mean, hell, it might even be just... I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if they just have Fackrell playing straight up inside linebacker because a lot of times they would you know they would pit Devontae Downs and then depending on the formation they would put Downs on the edge where he just doesn't belong. Um, so I, we're, I mean we're getting nerdy with this stuff, but I, I do I do not think it. They I, I do think they are going to pass the ball on us a ton. I think that is going to be they are not going to be trying to pound the rock against us. I believe they'll be trying to pass it against this defense and picking on cornerback two in slot. Hey, Bobby, the first two weeks, the, the Rams, uh, week one, it was a pretty close game, but week two against the Eagles, it was not really a blowout. It wasn't really a close game. First it was competitive two weeks, most of the majority of the game. But it's still, the first two weeks, the Rams, not counting the third week, because, of course, the data hasn't been refreshed yet, but the first two weeks, the Rams were the least pass-happy team in the National Football League. They've been running the ball well, and something just about Devontae Downs very quickly uh, why he may get the boot, or yeah, you would hope you would hope that he would get the boot. Um, first two weeks he only had 14 uh, defensive snaps. Second week he had 11 uh, against San Francisco. He had 55, so he actually had an opportunity to do something, and he didn't do anything, and he cost the team. So hopefully the Giants do go with that Corey Valentine treatment. Yeah, and I wasn't mad about him playing San Francisco. I, I mean, I said before the game, you got to play a second inside linebacker in San Francisco. The issue is we just don't have one. Um, and Here's David another Mayo, question. David Mayo's not back. Here's another question. Yeah, David Mayo's not back. Hope Maybe he'll be back next week within two weeks, whatever. But Mark, I find it to be crazy that Marcus Golden right now is getting like 30%. He got like 30% of the snaps last week. And O'Shane Ximenez, O'Shane Ximenez uh, got like 60% last week. But would in situations where you want to have two interior linebackers, would you be okay with putting Lorenzo Carter, because Lorenzo Carter is going to be on the field no matter what. That's clear. He's not coming off the field. Um, 
would you be fine with putting Lorenzo Carter as like that off-ball interior linebacker for the sake of getting some of these other edge rushers that we want to see more getting those guys reps? I think that's yes, right? Yeah, I think they're going to do that with him and Fakra. Like him and Fakra will both kind of have yeah. that uh that 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 role. So, um let's let's talk about their defense, you know. Some just quick stats and and things I noticed with them. They don't blitz. They're fit they blitz the fifth, fifth least in the NFL. Um at 18%. Um they only is a weird word, but they have seven sacks for the season in three games. Uh, Aaron Donald has three of those. They are 22nd in creating pressure. Um, teams have been able to run the ball against them. I know that we haven't been. We've been the worst running team in the NFL. But Dallas, 24 carries for 106 yards. Uh, Philly, 24 carries, 114 yards. And then last week, Buffalo, 16 for 88. So teams are averaging – their running backs are averaging 4.8 yards per carry. Those are also um, some pretty good offensive lines and pretty good running backs there, too. The so. Eagles were banged up. 24 points per game um, are being scored against them. Donald's their guy. Like, Jalen Ramsey is a, is a good corner, but he hasn't had, like, a, a shutdown season because, one, they're playing – they're actually kind of playing him in, in some zone and stuff. Um, they're top 10 in missed tackles. I know Aaron Donald's a beast, and we, we'll, we'll talk about Aaron Donald in the Giant Factor segment on the second part of the show. But – Aaron Donald shouldn't destroy this off like his presence shouldn't destroy this offensive line because the Rams they they rely on Donald being the guy so he'll have some plays but Donald is going to be double teamed consistently I believe and those other guys Leonard Floyd um, uh, Brockers those aren't guys that should destroy you they aren't and their linebackers Micah Kaiser they liked him to start he hasn't been great since um, if there's a team we can run the ball against. It has to be. It has. It has to be this team because I, Aaron Donald obviously is the probably the best defensive player in the NFL. But we have to trust our guards to be able to not. You're not going to stop Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's a beast. No, but you you got you've got to be able to run the ball. We've got to be able to con- some kind of running game. I'm not saying we got to run for over 100 yards with our running backs, but it can't be as bad as it's been. And so hopefully they spread it out a little bit. Is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, Bobby, let's let's take a quick little look at the schedule. We're playing the Cowboys, who they're best known for their interior defensive line. Their linebackers are banged up. We'll talk about that next week. Then Washington, we know their front. Eagles, we know their front. Bucks are known for having one of the best run defenses, but having a bad pass defense. Washington again, Philly again, then a bye. So where's that where's that game gonna happen that we're gonna break out in the run game and this offensive line is gonna is gonna get some sort of traction? But also, we can't beat ourselves. That's the main thing. And we talked about it on Wednesday's show. The continual problem of running into heavy man boxes on the offensive side of the ball, where there's, you know, seven, eight, nine, seven, eight, nine guys in the box. We've been talking about it since week one. And when you use pre-snap motion, Jason Garrett, don't utilize it on a run play where you're gonna put your wide receiver inside the box to therefore add another man into the box. Like uh, common sense, common sense things. We're fans. We're not. We're not the most intelligent football minds in the world, but I think we can understand how that makes zero sense. Yeah, yeah. Don't coach like this offensive line is the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. That's basically what I'm saying. Um, all right, let's uh, let's kick it to the interview. Unless you got anything else you want to hit on, and then we'll uh, you know, we'll hit on a lot in the fantasy draft and Giant factors. Yeah, let's do it. All right, Cameron De Silva of Giants Wire. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. 
Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, we now welcome onto the program of the Rams Wire. He knows our good friend Dan Benton of Giants Wire. Cameron De Silva. Cameron, what's going on, man? I appreciate you giving us a few minutes. Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me on. For sure. So, obviously, you cover the Rams. Um, the Giants are <laughs> looking 0-4 right in the face. You guys are coming off of kind of a, a heartbreaking loss after a comeback against the Bills, and then Josh Allen pulled off some heroics and with a little help of a pass <laughs> interference at the end. Um, but I, I like to ask this question first because we know about Aaron Donald. We know who about Sean McVay and Jared Goff. But on the defensive side for the Rams – is there like a weak spot? Like it seems like, you know, most teams have like a weak player, whether it's their nickel corner, outside corner, you know, linebacker. Mm-hmm. Is there like a weak spot that the, like, the Rams are trying, like don't want teams to attack? Yes, yeah, so there's actually a few spots um, on the Rams defense that uh, may not get as much attention as being weaknesses as it probably should. But um, the nickel corner spot with Troy Hill, uh, it's kind of been – um, he, he's kind of learning on the job because he was an outside corner last year and played really well. And then they transitioned him inside to the slot and he's just struggled. He struggled with tackling. He struggled with coverage. Um, I, I counted five or six missed tackles last week alone. And when you're a nickel corner with all of these off tackle runs, you got to be able to tackle. You got to be able to kick guys on the ground. And he just struggled with that. Um, so that's, that's a spot where the giants can attack a little bit. Um, the Rams, linebackers inside and outside have been um, really struggling this season. Uh, Micah Kaiser had a great game in week two, and then he was kind of spotty in week one and week three. Uh, The outside linebackers just aren't generating much pressure at all. Leonard Floyd is a better run defender than he is a pass rusher, and um, he's just not doing much by in in the way of getting pressure on quarterbacks. So I would say those are the weak spots of the defense right now. Okay. Um, so you mentioned Leonard Floyd, the pass rush. Obviously, Aaron Donald's Aaron Donald. We all know he's a monster. Mm-hmm. But with that, you guys are like bottom – or the Rams are bottom five in blitzing um, and, you know, a little higher in like pressure and sacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Are they not getting to the QB besides Aaron Donald? And uh, uh, after that, how are they like playing on the back end? Is it a lot of man coverage or, you know, going in zone or what? They actually play a lot of zone, which I'm surprised by because with Jalen Ramsey and – and Troy Hill, I thought their strong suits would be kind of a man, man heavy defense, but they've played a ton of zone defense, a lot of quarters. Um, they're just not getting pressure on the quarterback other than Aaron Donald. And with him, teams are almost approaching it. Like we're going to double and triple team him and then make someone else beat us. And it's not really happening. Um, so they, they don't blitz often. And when they do, it's usually with, with a corner like, uh, like Troy Hill. Um, sometimes they'll send their inside linebackers on rushes, but not too, too often. Um, but they just have to find a way to generate some pressure. And I think this week could be a, a kicking off point for them against this Giants offensive line. So we'll see how they do. But the pressure has just not been good enough from guys not named Aaron Donald. Right. So you mentioned, you know, zone. But with Ramsey, is, has he been like, you know, the shutdown corner that, you know, the NFL has come in the known? Or are teams – is he like following the number one wide receiver around? How are they, how are they using Ramsey? They move him around some, but not exclusively to cover a number one receiver. He's like I said, they've played a lot of zone, so he's not really necessarily matching up man to man with the top receiver. Um, he was great in weeks one and two. Uh, he didn't allow a single catch in week two. He was only targeted twice by Carson once. And then last week against the Bills, um, he gave up a touchdown to Stephon Diggs. He kind of 
it seemed like he freelanced a little bit on the first touchdown to the tight end, kind of left his man and tried to read the quarterback's eyes. So he'll do that from time to time. But um, I, I think maybe last week was kind of an outlier with a rough game against the Bills, trying to do too much and um, trying to do more than he really should in this defense. Right. What is it that the Bills were able to do to get, you know, 30-plus points on, you know, you know, you mentioned some weaknesses, but a team with a lot of tough defense, is it just the Bills are that good? No, I think there was a lot of miscommunication with the Rams. Um, they had to switch out their safety from Jordan Fuller to Taylor Rapp, um, which going from a sixth-year rookie to a second-year veteran, you wouldn't think it would cause any issues. But Rapp, uh, there was some miscommunication. He allowed a 39-yard catch. Um, he was kind of in coverage, uh, really not covering anyone on the first touchdown. Uh, there was a miscommunication again on another, another long pass to Cole Beasley. So just some communication issues on the back end that they needed to get squared away. And they did in the second half, but um, the first half, the bills were rolling. Um, the Rams tackling was really poor. Josh Allen was getting out of the pocket and, and extending plays with his legs and the Rams were just not getting enough pressure. So um, it made it easier on them to kind of uh, move the ball downfield and, and pick up big chunk plays. Right. So I, I want to switch gears to the offense. Um, Goff came under a lot of heat last year. I mean, people, he seemed to be like, you know, NFL media's whipping boy. This year it seems like he's had a little resurgence, you know, completing 70% of his passes. What what has been um, the difference from this year to last year? McVay's helping him a lot this year with just the play calling and the, and the design of plays and um, really the blocking and protection. Um, but the offensive line has improved significantly from last year. It was really a weak point uh, for them last season, and, and Jared Goff was throwing under pressure often. I know he was sacked, I think, the fewest times in the league, but he was just under constant pressure, getting rid of the ball, throwing inaccurately. And this season, he's getting more time. His footwork has improved a ton, um, really just even just subtle sidesteps in the pocket, getting away from rushers and, and setting his feet and making accurate throws. It's just improved immensely. So that's helped him a lot. Um, but he's also gotten a lot of open receivers and, and made easy throws, really no-brainers that a lot of quarterbacks can make. But um, really that was the case in weeks one and two. And, and then last week against the Bills, he was just really sharp. Um, he had nine incompletions, and I think six of them were like at or behind the line of scrimmage. So uh, it was a really good game from him. He only had one interception. Um, otherwise, he was it was one of his better games I've seen him play. So you mentioned guys being open. Is it – um, you know, you know, McVay scheming guys open it through zones mm -hmm. or are they just playing really well? Cause the giants are a team that plays a ton of man coverage and, you know, Bradbury has been good, but some of the other guys have been a, uh, you know, a weakness. It's been a, a little bit of both. Um, there's been a lot of play action, really a, a ton of play action. I think the Rams are like second, second or in third. the league. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <We're> last. <laughs> They've been running a ton of play action, a lot of rollouts and bootlegs for golf, which, um, it really helps him see the field because it cuts it in half and he doesn't have to make these crucial decisions throwing to one side or the other. Um, receivers are just getting schemed open with great route combinations that put defensive backs in a bind, especially in zone coverage. Um, on, on these rollouts, they sometimes have the tight end stay in and block and then he slips out wide open up the field. Um, and you're wondering where that guy came from, but it, it's been a combination of both. The receivers are really talented, great route runners. So it does help golf, but McVay has done a really, really good job with the scheming this year. Right. So you mentioned an improved offensive line. Is there still a weak spot on it, though? Um, 
I don't know necessarily know that you can say there's a weak spot of the defense of the offensive line right now. Uh, there was at left guard with Joe Noteboom who got hurt in week two. Uh, he was replaced by David Edwards now, who's a second year player and uh, he played really well against the Bills and he played well against the Eagles in relief. Um, so I don't know that you can say there's really a weak spot right now. Uh, right tackle, Rob Havenstein's playing much better than he did last year. Andrew Whitworth is still a stud at left tackle. Austin Blythe moved from guard to center this year, so he's playing really well at his more natural position. So I don't really think there's a, a, weak, a weak spot of the offensive line that teams can attack which is great news for the Rams. Um, and then Austin Corbett, I mentioned, I didn't mention him, but at right guard, he's having a good season. Yeah. I, I remember he was involved in that, uh, that trade with Cleveland mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. How's the, I, I have they been able to open up lanes with the run game? I feel like you guys have been kind of middle of the pack. Yeah. Yeah. They have been. Yeah. They've been, they've been really good in the running game. Um, Daryl Henderson had some big holes last week against the bills. Um, a lot of that was Austin Corbett and Austin Blythe in the middle um, so they've done a really good job opening up holes in the running game, which was not necessarily the case last season with Todd Gurley running. And I think that kind of plays into both hands with him not seeing holes and, and not being as quick through the hole um, as the Rams probably would have liked, liked him to be. Um, but, yeah, the offensive line has been good in pass protection and I would say even better in run blocking. Okay, okay. Well, Cameron, appreciate you giving us some time. Uh, we'll obviously tag you and everything. Everyone go follow him. Uh, you know, always a, a good Rams follow. Cameron, appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. No holds bad. He was, he took me in the low post and won, but I think we had on the Vasity. All right, we now welcome on weatherman Dan, Danny King, with the weather. Weatherman Dan, what's it looking like in Los, An- Los Angeles for Sunday? Any fires? Uh, I don't, oh. I don't think it's going to be any fires, uh, this week, at least who knows what's going to happen the rest of the week. The weather's actually going to be quite bad. The weather for kickoff is going to be, um, dome. That's the weather. It's a Oh yeah. Dome. They play in a dome. They play they in a dome. They do play in a dome. So that. So the air quality doesn't even matter. No air quality doesn't even matter. I heard there's like a nice breeze that comes out from like that whole opening. That's what I heard <laughs> from Al Michaels. So that's the yeah. weather report. Uh, a lot of dome, a lot of dome, a, a lot of dome, a lot of dome. Um, sounds like Saturday like, night. Like Isaac Yadome. License plate guy. I bet you he is really missing out on a, on a, like visiting that stadium this year. So oh, I want. I, w- I would love to go to that stadium. Suck it, suck it, license plate guy. All right, <laughs> fantasy draft. If this is your first time listening to our preview show, we do uh, a four round fantasy draft. From only teams from the Giants in the matchup. So we have the Giants and the Rams this week, obviously. Danny is in first place. He has 120 points on the year. He had 29.2 last week. Justin's in second with 94.9. He actually won the week last week with 32.9. Coming back. And Bobby's in third, 62.2 points and 19.6 points last week. Man, you, I think you each week, each week, Bobby, you've walked away from your fantasy picks being like, I don't know what you guys are doing. This is like the, the, I feel like I have the best team. Each week, and I guarantee you the week that you keep your mouth shut, you're going to win. I guarantee Don't you if you just it. keep that your mouth shut. That is my strategy this week. I'm being, <laughs> my strategy is to be humble this week. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a first. <laughs> but right. he, doesn't, he so, doesn't know the definition of humble. I remember I was like, week one, I was just like trashing you. Week one was actually my best week. I'll say that. Um, and last week I was screwed by George Kittle. Um, 
I've been screwed by George Kittle and Jason Garrett last week. How about that? Because Slayton should have had a bigger game. How about that? Um, all right. So, Danny, uh, you had you have the first pick uh, this week. Justin, you are second. I'll be third, and then we'll we'll snake it till we make it. Danny, who's kicking off the week four fantasy draft? So, uh, I'm I'm going Rams because the Rams are a good team. Uh. And I'm stuck between Cooper Cup and Robert Woods because I'm trying to think who is more likely Bradbury going to be covering. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's going to be Robert Woods, not Cooper Cup. So I'm gonna take Cooper Cup with my first pick. I love Cooper Cup. Justin, what's that face over there? That was that was my disgruntled. There face. we go. There we go. But uh, Cooper Cup, I love Cooper Cup. I loved uh, when he when I first saw him in LA. What was it like, 2017, 2018? I I like fell in love with Cooper Cup. He's a great player, and I think him and Golf have that great chemistry. So I got Cooper Cup with my first pick. Yeah, he was number one on my big board. What about you, Justin? Yeah, yeah. Simply because he's lining up at the slot, he's going to be going up against Darnay Holmes. I'll be, we'll be. Uh, I I may be talking more about that in my Giant Factor. So I'll hold my thoughts on that. Okay, save your Cooper Cup takes for Giant Factor. Justin, who is pick number two? Ooh, Rams have a really, really high rush rate through the first two weeks. Obviously, they were coming back in a football game last week, so they weren't running the ball that much. But I, the two-headed backfield makes me scared. But I love Robert Woods. I think Robert Woods also has rushing potential as well. They give him, they give him the ball a lot in these sweeps. Um, he looked really, really good towards the second half of last year. He was one of the best fantasy wide receivers towards the second half of last year. It's interesting to see how he's being used now that the Rams are going towards more of 11 personnel instead of 12 personnel. I love Robert Woods, nevertheless, think this Rams offense is just really good. Um, give me Robert Woods. Play action, crossing routes, going to be happening all day. Doesn't even matter if you have Deion Sanders covering guys like that. Crossing routes are always going to work. Not against James Bradbury, who is the best corner in the NFL right now. Um, and that, I don't think that's even an exaggeration. Like He has been shut a shutdown corner. Some of the plays he's made. Um, so, Robert Woods would have been my pick if you didn't take Daryl Henderson Jr. Um, Henderson Jr. has been a beast. He's averaging, you know, almost six yards per carry. Uh, 201 yards, two touchdowns. Um, this week, I think, is like he'll he'll take the reins for it. So, he was second on my big board. And I'm taking Daryl Henderson Jr. first. And I feel terrible about it because we are a Giants podcast. I like to be optimistic. And we just didn't take a single Giant in round one. That that doesn't that's actually I should have taken a giant because it's snake draft and been like I believe in my team, and then uh, and then uh, Bobby then it, doesn't believe in his team. I know I, should, I don't I, either. No, we're making a statement. It's it's a, it's a statement of protest this week. Yeah, that's true. All right, so um, or it could be a riot. All right, who am I going with my? <laughs> depending on what side of the aisle you land on is what you call it. Uh, all right. It's it, did you see Donald Trump? If there's one thing no. you can agree with Donald Trump, he said Philadelphia. Bad things happen in Philadelphia. That is true. That that is bad a true statement. That is true. That is a true statement. Eli's Manning wife wouldn't even go there because of how bad th- things are there. Your brain wanted to go back to Giants, but I I heard I can see your brain just turning churning right now. To, like, do I want to talk about politics? Do I mention this joke? Do I keep going with this, or do I keep moving on? So how about we keep moving on, Bobby? Yeah, I mean, I think we can all agree that Philly sucks. There's if there's one thing we can agree. when Because I wasn't going to say anything about the debates. I was just going to do our joke, vote for Bobby and Justin. 
And I was like, all right, that one's worth it. That one is worth it. I don't I feel like anybody can get offended by that. All right, so pick number two for me, Snake and Back. I'm going to go because I think this guy's going to be involved in the pass game. So even if it's not there on the ground, um, he can get me some points. I'm going Devontae Freeman. I'm going Devontae Freeman. I think he's going to be the lead back for the New York Giants. And I think if there's, like I said in the beginning of the show, if there's any week we can run the ball, it has to be this week. We have to get some kind of run game going. I get they have Aaron Darnold in the middle, but we have to get some kind of run game going. And I think he'll get three, four catches in the receiving game because of the way the Rams protect the middle of the field anyways. So I'm going Devontae Freeman. It's a, it's a, it's a, I don't feel like it's, I feel like it's a low risk decision, but I'm going, I'm going with both teams starting running backs. This is the week to choose Freeman, I think, because as you said, the Rams defense isn't the best in the league. And next week, I feel like the Cowboys are just going to stuff him. So I I think Freeman is, honestly, even though I laughed at it, I think this would be the week to run Freeman, even though I'm trying to trade him in fantasy. I'm I'm saving all Aaron Aaron Donald takes for my my, uh, giant factor. All right, Justin, who's your second pick? Give me Tyler Higby, baby. Give me Tyler Higby. Balled out last week. Um, Logan Ryan did make some nice plays. Um on some San Francisco tight ends last week. I've actually been pretty impressed with how Logan Ryan's played. Jabril Peppers is out, so safety depth is a little thin. And Tyler Higby has been pretty impressive, even stemming back to the latter parts of last year. So I'm feeling great about my front two right now. Okay, okay. Higby, he had that three-touchdown game against Philly, and he's only got 10 catches on the year, so I don't know. I'm, I'm not big on Higby, even though I do have him on one of my fantasy teams. Danny, who you got for pick number two? My pick, I'm confident with this pick. The only question I have is, will he actually be healthy? Because apparently he has an illness, and that's Josh Reynolds. Uh, If you look at a season, he's only approved game by game. Week one, one catch for 17 yards. Week two, two catch for 33 yards. Last week, four catches for 60 yards. Whoever Jake Bradbury is dealing with mainly is not going to be the best to pick each week. And then everyone else, the other two wide receivers, are the picks to make because the Giants corners are going to struggle to slow them down. Give me Josh Reynolds and keep giving me the Rams. Keep feeding them to me. Feed, feed him feed him Rams. We'll feed you them right after we blow. Actually, I'll save that for my, my prediction. Uh, and then, uh, Danny, you got it's, it's Snake, so you got one more pick. It is Snake. Keep taking the Rams, please. Uh, keep taking the Rams. But I feel like I cannot take a giant, you know? I feel like it's a requirement. I don't know. I mean, we've literally taken you know? the entire starting lineup. You know, now, screw it. This point. I believe in this guy. I believe this is the I believe he's going to continue having a good week. Give me Evan Ingram. I believe he's going to have a great week this good week. Pick. I think Evan Ingram's going to go out there, ball Eventually, out. Eventually, he'll have to have one. He's going to have to have a good week at one point. And I think this is the week, all right? Give me Evan Ingram to go out there and have a great game. And fans are going to be like, hey, you know, at least he had a great game this week. And he Who? didn't have a bad one last week either. Actually, I'll save this for after the draft because maybe I, I don't want to give away any takes if uh, if somebody has one. All right, Justin, pick number three. Darius Slayton. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. Let's see. Let's see another breakout game. Uh, you're you're the most relied upon. You have to be the most relied upon wide receiver for Daniel Jones. Clearly, the connection hasn't been there with Evan Ingram. Golden Tate just is not consistent enough. Uh, Jason Garrett, we've been challenging him to expand the field more, and Darius Slayton is the guy to do it with. So come on. Let's see it. Yeah, my worry about Slayton is that Ramsey's not going to like yeah. follow him, but I do think Ramsey will probably be you know matched up on him for the most part. Um, Good value pick, I think, at this point in the draft, though. Yeah, that's true. That oh yeah, because Darius Slayton, I think any other week probably would have been in one of our first picks. 
But because of the Rams, then I just have Jalen Ramsey to back my mind. I can't take him with like full confidence. Okay, so I'm interested to see. I've been Tate has been eh this year. Like he hasn't been horrible. Well, he hasn't been getting any separation, but like he's made like some of the downfield throws that Jones has actually had. Tate has been his target. You know, we started the, the game off with one last week. Um, and I think because of the way that the Rams try and protect the middle of the field, I think it's honestly going to be a lot of like, hey, collapse on Ingram. And I think Tate might be that second option and have some, maybe some double moves. Like, like I said, the Rams defense plays aggressive with no blitzing. So like their secondary plays is aggressive. This game is prime for some double moves. Let's move the ball downfield. Let's make one of their safeties bite on a on a play action or on a on a pump fake and then go deep to the sideline. So I'm gonna go Golden Tate. And then for my last pick, I like this player. He may not have a big game because he is the fourth wide receiver, but I really like Van Jefferson, the wide receiver out of Florida. Um he's a good player. So um he's just he's just he's just the fourth guy there. So I would rather go Jefferson. I was thinking about going there, running back, backup, running back Malcolm Brown because he does get a good amount of carries. But I figured I, uh, I just, I would just go big on a Van Jefferson big play. I love that Van Jefferson pick. I'm, I'm big on him, and I believe he'll be a huge part of the Rams either at some point this year or in the future. Justin, for my final pick, give me Malcolm Brown. I want to go Caden Smith so bad, but he just hasn't been on the field, and that's also been partially a Giants problem, a Jason Garrett problem of like, why are we requiring and asking Evan Ingram to be blocking on a first and 10? Um, it, lo- it low key cost what could have been a big game, uh, a game last week on a Devonta Freeman run. So I want to take Caden Smith, but I just can't give me Malcolm Brown because he is going to get good volume and we're in the last round. So again, good value pick. I feel on my part, not being yeah. humble this week. The Steelers did use their backup running back against us in the late in the game, so that's what made me almost go Malcolm Brown. And like you said, he get, I mean he literally gets splits he splits the carries, so he could have a big game. So Danny, uh, who was the final pick of this week's draft? See, um, this is um, I've been thinking hard about this one. Like, do I kind of want to go Caden uh, Smith? Yes. And I think I I think I oh, whoopsie I'm trying to pull on my thing here so I can see it but I I think this week you know what no give me what's his name Gerald Edvert the backup tight end wow. to Tyler Higby uh I, once again I don't Kane Smith I like the guy I love I love Kane Smith I think he's a great tight end but I just don't know if I can really put him on my fantasy team because I'm trying to keep a lead here and and I mean I went backup last week in Muhammad Sanu and it worked out well for me so give me Gerald Edvert yeah that's... I was thinking about going C J Board with my pick. Because he is technically a starting wide receiver for the Giants, but I, That's I didn't, scary. I didn't pull the trigger. But Danny, your your pick is interesting because the Rams do like to run twelve personnel in the two tight end sets from time to time. Um, and I think if especially if if they have a lead, they're going to be running the ball. They're going to be running the ball out of the rushing formation, so they may want the extra big body out there. And every once in a while, they're going to do play action. So um, I low key like that pick. So I I kind of like it more than Caden Smith, even though it hates me to say and that's more or less a Jason Garrett problem not a Caden Smith problem all right so final teams Danny has Cooper Cup Josh Reynolds Evan Ingram and Gerald Everett um Justin you have Robert Woods Tyler Higby Darius Slayton Malcolm Brown and I have Daryl Henderson Jr. Devontae Freeman Golden Tate and Van Jefferson down by the river come on Mr. Jefferson all right giant factors 
Justin, I'm going to let you go first this week. My giant factor is going to be Darnay Holmes. Because we talked about, during Fantasy Picks, how Cooper Cup is lining up against the slot. Darnay Holmes does not have a single pass deflection this year. Um, made has maybe one or two good plays. Maybe he forced it in completion, but just doesn't have a pass deflection. He's been getting beat. Not as bad as it could be, like a Grant Haley. But still, it is a weakness. It is a part on this Giants defense. Um, it could go wrong. And Cooper Cup, outside of Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe even more, some would say, Cooper Cup is more talented than Juju, and he's going to be lining up primarily in the slot over Darnay Holmes. Yeah, don't, Holmes seems to be like the uh, like he is the guy that is just like the giant. He's the, like the the giant factor every week. It's like what happens with our slot corner Darnay Holmes because it's not a situation where it's like Grant Haley is he a guy? Then we bench him. Like Holmes is probably going to start at this position all year, no matter how bad he plays because there's. One, there's no one to replace him, and there's no one like that's younger and has more inv- invested in them to bench him for and to say, "Screw it, let's play this guy." So, Holmes, it's a, uh, it's gonna be he, trial by fire for him this year. Holmes is, it's a, it's a big matchup. I wonder if they would put Bradbury in the slot on Cup. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I think they'll match him up on Robert Woods, but I, do maybe here and there. And Patrick Graham has been creative, so I could, um, I could see some of that stuff happening. Yeah, I like the Darnay Holmes pick because, I mean, we need our corners to be good because besides Bradbury, we don't got really good options. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I Do you think uh, Madre Harper gets the start this week at corner? No, no it's too early. That'd yeah, no, silly. he's not going to get it. He's not going to get it. Maybe Ryan Lewis does. Did Ryan Lewis? No. Ryan Lewis, he did play Wait, that fourth quarter. So I got an honest question for you guys. Uh, do you think Nate Eb- Ebner is, like, the main guy they go to this week at safety? That's a great question. I refuse I refuse to say that I think that. I refuse to say that I think that. Even though part of me thinks they might, I just refuse to believe Nate Ebner will play 40% of the snaps. Because is Adrian Colbert still not healthy? No, I don't believe he is. He's, it's, it's, uh, did he practice this week? Hold on, I could look it up real quick. No, I I got dance thing right here. Uh, limited Adrian Colbert with a quad. Which tells me it's probably a no. Um, because Adrian Colbert could be, what Julian Love has basically been doing, where Julian Love has basically been the deep safety to start the year, and Colbert did that in Miami. So then you're talking about basically Love and Ryan alternating between, you know, in the box or doing whatever, running wherever across the field, which we want to, I, I kind of want to see a little bit more out of Julian Love, where I guess, Bobby, there hasn't been a play where we've been shaking our heads at, like, what is Julian Love doing at deep safety, but just hasn't made a ton of impact plays. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on where Danny. Who else would we be putting in there as Sean Chandler? Maybe if they call yeah, him Sean up. Sean Chandler, yeah. Um, Chris I mean, Williamson. I mean, they protected Chris Williamson from the practice squad last week, so maybe that's. Some, I I don't know. I just feel like you can't do the Nate Ebner thing. I just you can't you can't do the Nate Ebner thing. They have been. That's the thing. <laughs> or or you think but they barely. would do Ryan? Like, I, I I would think it would be zero, but they you know kind of barely had him there. Do you think they would do Logan Ryan? Because that was a talk we've had at one point in the season. Where? Just put him in a safety role. Well, I mean, he play. is going to play, but like yeah. I'm saying, we're talking like a third, a third oh, guy. Oh, okay, okay. Because okay. I think they like. I mean, Graham likes to do three safety stuff, which yeah, I yeah. do like. But um, maybe it's just Tay Crowder plays a ton of inside linebacker this week, and we do two safeties. I wouldn't be excited with that. Tay Crowder played two plays, both pass rush snaps. Um, so, all right, my giant factor is going to a guy that we love on this show, 
but he needs to step up. It's Kevin Zeitler. Big Zeitz. Big Kev. Kevin, you sucked against the Steelers. Then you bounced back and had a really good game against the Bears. And this last week against the 49ers, you had plays where you struggled on. Plays that were killed because of you, Kevin Zeitler. Now you got to go up against Aaron Donald, who he's you're going to play a little against him and play a little against the other guy. But when you are matched up on Aaron Donald, Kevin Zeitler, you'll have double team help. But win that battle. Be a guy. Don't make don't cause negative plays, Kevin Zeitler. Be the guy that you are paid to be. This is the reason you were paid and made t- make ten plus million dollars. Be be able to protect our guy. Don't be a liability in the run game. And let this offense get kickstarted a little bit. Because as much as we're talking about Nick Gates versus Aaron Donald. Nick Gates plays, like, Aaron Donald doesn't line up directly on the center. He's mostly on the guards. He'll be double teaming and helping, but it's not going to be one-on-one Nick Gates for Aaron Donald much. So I'm I'm going Kevin Zeitler. Yeah. What do, what do you think? Kevin Zeitler. I, I love that Kevin Zeitler choice because, I mean, we, our offensive line has really done nothing, and we need Zeitler to be the guy that, you know, we traded for him to be. I'm not hating the offensive line like a lot of people are. I'm really not. Um, I thought about going Andrew Thomas here because this is a week where he should be dominant. Like, don't let these guys that are borderline decent players, Leonard Floyd, get you. Like, Leonard Floyd's had two sacks in three games. But Andrew Thomas, bounce back and be dominant after a game you struggled in. And you know what's going to be frustrating is Nick Gates has played solid. But if he gets, if Aaron Donald kills him on a couple plays, you know people are going to be like, this guy, Aaron, like, why we, this, this experiment needs to end. Nick Gates has been fine. Please stop blaming Nick Gates for the love of God. It is the most mind-numbing thing. He has been a bright spot on this team. If you want to, I said this on the O-line breakdown. If you want to upgrade at center in the offseason, whether through the draft or free agency, then do it. But stop blaming this offensive issues on Nick Gates. He is not the problem. And I hate that I'm saying this because because I went so hard in the offseason. Me and you talked about this, Justin, where it's like, People are just going to think I'm saying he's good because I lobbied for him. But he has been a bright spot for the offense. And he got us 23 yards the other day. Thank you, Nick Gates. Yeah, I mean, you could watch Shane Lemieux. He's not ready. I mean, Shane Spencer Pulley. not going to play unless he's doing I, 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 was, I was on the Spencer Pulley. That was the guy I wanted to start. But, I mean, they said Nick Gates is an experiment, at least publicly. So, who knows what that will be. If they bench Nick Gates for Spencer Pulley, I will lose my freaking mind. And I hate to be like the CU guy, but when Spencer Pulley sucks, I will be doing spinning around in my chair going, See? See? Told you. I freaking told you. I will be a told you so guy if that happens. I love how you were Man. talking to you were talking to Kevin Zeitler as you were describing your giant factor. You were like, Kevin Zeitler. That's what it's about. It's about challenging. It's about Because challenging he, he listens to the pod. He, he listens to this because he's a friend of the program. Yeah. So you gotta make sure he gets he gets the message. All right, my Giants factor. Uh, this is probably one that no one honestly they'll be like, why are you choosing him? But I mean, he got more snaps last week. It's your favorite cornerback, Isaac Yadom. Yadom, how do you say his name? Yadom. I've been saying Yadom, but Isaac Yadom. Last week, he 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 went from having like what he had like over yeah thirty four pass snaps twenty five in the run of snaps that's what I, I pulled in my PFF because I'm a fancy guy but Isaac Yedem he's obviously getting more snaps over Corey Ballantyne they've obviously given up on Ballantyne because he had like two total snaps last week I'm pretty sure maybe a few more so Isaac Yedem because James Bradbury gonna have whoever Woods and then maybe Yedem will have either Reynolds or Cup I mean most likely Reynolds. So I we need Yedim to step up because Ballantyne clearly isn't the answer. We don't have another answer behind Yedim. So 
we needed him to be the guy, and I believe, I don't believe in him fully, but this is the week he needs to step up, because I'm getting sick or tired of just these wide receivers running over everyone besides James Bradbury. Right, right. All right, so we got uh, quick picks now. Um, Justin, Danny, and the listeners are all tied in first place with seventeen and uh, at 17 and 7. I am 15 and 9. I'm Mr. 5 and 3. I've went 5 and 3 every single week. I won't this week, though, because we're only doing seven games. Because I was looking for the eighth game. It was going to be bad. I was like, you know what? The Titans-Steelers um, game is postponed, so we're only doing seven games this week. Danny, you went 7-1 and one last week, so I'll let you kick it off with the first pick. Thursday night football. I'm actually low-key excited for this game. You know, when you're listening to this, you already know what happened. We got Broncos with Tyler Rippian as the starting QB. That's at the Jets. Danny, who are you picking? Give me our old friend Pat Shermer to go out there and win this game with Tyler Ripien. <laughs> Pat Shermer goes out there, has a hell of a game in his return to MetLife. Broncos win in probably a boring game, but it's football. We all Oh, this is the biggest uh, a return to MetLife as Odell. I'm going to tweet that right now. Oh, boy. Justin, who are you going? Jeez, you're, you're, ser- you're searching for... That's one of those tweets that you're just putting out because you haven't put something out in four hours. I've been there. Um... Uh, this is a game where I really don't want to... If I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet on it because it's just so... It's such a crapshoot. Give me the New York Jets. They get their first win. Um, the the Johnsons have called... or the Who's there? Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson called Adam Gase an offensive genius like a couple weeks ago. So the offensive genius is really going to show out tonight. Patch, if Adam so Gase is an offensive Jets? genius... I'm going the Jets, baby. If Adam Gase is an offensive genius, then Pat Shermer is an offensive god. <laughs> I was I was a, a Gase guy in the beginning, but like like when the Jets hired him, I didn't think that was a horrible um, decision. And it just looks like it's like you know what this guy's been around good QBs his whole life. That the him like making Jay Cutler better fooled all of us. It was like oh, it's not just Peyton Manning. He made Jay Cutler look decent. Um, so so Adam Gase, you're a psycho. I'm going Broncos too. I believe in my guy Pat Shermer. They actually have some decent players on defense, so I'm going Broncos. Next game, we got Colts at Bears. The list, oh, the listeners went Broncos. The listeners went Colts in this game. Justin, who you who you taking? Ooh, I really want to take Big D Nick. We believe <laughs> we believe in Allen Robinson as well. But you know what? Colts roster is good. Philip Rivers has kind of surprised me. Jonathan Taylor on a, on one of my fantasy teams. He was kind of an unexpected pick. I took him. It's working out. Give me the Indianapolis Colts. All right, Justin's going Colts. Danny, who are you going? Not give me Big D Nick or Big Stick Nick since this is a family-friendly pod. Uh, I think the Bears now just got second wind under Nick Foles, so I think the Bears go out there, beat Phillip Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts. I really like the Colts team this year. I think they're going to win that division. Uh, that was my surprise pick to win the division, even though a lot of people did it, so it wasn't that big of a surprise pick. Um, that being said, the Bears' defense is really good, and I think they're going to do some stuff to really bother Phillip Rivers. And the Colts have a solid defense, but I think Nick Foles is going to figure some stuff out. So I am going with the Bears as well. And I, I just like the Chicago Bears. They're a team that I've always liked, and I think Nick Foles gives them new life. Like they're, I, I follow a lot of people who cover the Bears, um, and there is new life and new excitement around that team now that Nick Foles is the starter. This is a and big then... two big swing games for me because uh... – 
what listeners went Broncos, right? And I went Jets. The rest of you went Broncos. Who did the, who did the listeners have for this game? L- listeners went Colts with you as oh, well. Oh, okay. But still, big swing game because I'm going up against you two guys. So this is going to be big. Very big game. Very I wonder two what big our games. records are on Thursday night. I went I went Chiefs to start. Who and then I I, I I was me and Justin were right with the Dolphins last week. What was week two? Browns and Bengals. Bengals. I, oh, yeah. I I picked Bengals. So I last year we did this for Silman Radio. Me, Zach, and Cam, and me, we were all like zero and five on Thursday night. Like we didn't w- win a Thursday night game until week six. Um, all right, next yeah, game. I lost last week. Next game, the listeners went Cowboys. We got Browns at Cowboys. The Browns are two and one. The Cowboys are uh, one and two. That being said. The Browns have played bad teams. The Cowboys are a talented team. They are the best team in the NFC East. They've ran into some good teams. This is the game that the Cowboys win, and I think they'll win it handedly. Justin? Cowboys have been screwing me over. I'm pretty sure I've picked well, thank God. I think I think yeah, I picked the Fal- I think I picked the Falcons to win. I have no uh, the Cowboys have been screwing me over. Um but I'm I'm betting on them again. So I, I feel like I'm gonna regret it. I feel like I'm cursed in terms of me picking the Cowboys this year. Stefanski, so. Stefanski has been pretty impressive um, to start the year, um, but give me the Cowboys, nevertheless. Yeah, Stefanski has been impressive, but they, like you said, they played they've played bad teams. Danny, who do you got? Yeah, with you guys, they play bad teams. Uh, give me the Cowboys this week. Yeah, Odell might be hurt too. Vikings at Texans. Justin, I'm a gluttony for punishment. Give me the Vikings. Boy, you analytic nerds look real dumb with this. Kirk Cousins is better than Aaron Rodgers. I blame Gary Kubiak. I blame Gary Kubiak. Kirk Cousins stinks. He stinks. He bro, is he a was, loser. He is bro, the he, Paul George of football. Even though he's he's not even near nowhere near town as Paul George, but he's just an overall <laughs> loser. That's what Kirk Cousins is. Like I get Kirk, like, oh, it's a narrative. No, it's not a narrative. It's true. He sucks. Danny, who do you got? Uh. Well, I, I mean, I can't go to Texans. They've looked awful. So I got to go Minnesota. Uh, I mean, I, 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 they're probably going to win this week. But, I mean, well, the Vikings have a look good. I, You know what? I'm changing my mind. I'm going the Texans. I talked myself out of it. Give me the Texans this week. Freaking wrote it down. All right. Yeah, the Texans have played the Chiefs, the Ravens, and then who did they play? And then the Steelers. Three of the, I think, are some of the best teams in the NFL. Um I think the Texans are going to be bad this year without Hopkins, but Deshaun Watson's going to win this game. I'm going Texans. Do you want to hear? Um, do you want to uh, hear something crazy about Kirk Cousins? Um, that he sucks. Fo- That's not crazy. <laughs> no, no, yes, no. This is exactly what I'm going to say. Football Outsiders does their own calculation for QBR. It takes into account like a clutch factor, um, splits responsibility between quarterback and wide receivers and blockers, drops, and et cetera, et cetera. So Kirk Cousins currently has a lower QBR than. Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones actually has a higher QBR according to Football Outsiders than Tom Brady. So take that. Yeah. Kirk Cousins is, and Daniel Jones are both two of like the five QBs with more interceptions and touchdowns. All right. Um, Patriots at Chiefs. Do you guys have any hot takes on this one? I'm going Chiefs. They're just the better team. I want to um, go Pats. Um, I want to go Patriots I do too, well. but the Chiefs are a better team. Yeah, I gotta go Chiefs because I'm trying to, you know, obviously win this whole thing. I mean, the, I, honestly, it would not shock me if the Patriots win this one because I believe in Cam Newton. But yeah, I'm gonna have to go Chiefs on this one. If the Chiefs didn't get off to a great as great of a start as they did last week, because they have, especially against that Chargers game, that you know it was it was the comeback king of um, Patrick Mahomes. 
But, I mean, from start to finish, they just look like a team where you're asking yourself, who is going to stop the Kansas City Chiefs? That's what you're asking yourself. Nevertheless, the Pats played really well. Um, Chiefs have won, I believe, three of their last five matchups. I've been going against you guys too much. Give me the Chiefs. Okay. Eagles at 49ers. The Eagles are a mess right now. The 49ers, I get, are injured. But I think Kyle Shanahan's the best head coach in football. I'm going Niners in this one, as, as well as the listeners. Danny? What a boring Sunday night game. We had, what, uh, Packers-Saints a few weeks ago, and there was another good one. I was Patriots-Seahawks, and then we got Eagles-49ers. What a blow. Yeah, yeah, give me the Niners. Justin? This game has, I will always Don't do it. have a soft spot in my heart for Carson Wentz, do but it. he's just been terrible this year. Give okay. me Niners. Um, I still think this has the potential to be somewhat of a good game because I believe in Peterson. I believe in Wentz. Like, I've I've give, given Wentz every benefit of the doubt. He looks bad. Like, rattled. Yeah. Something's, like, something's, up, something's wrong in the head, man. He might be one of those guys that is just, he's just a head case. Like, I think Carson Wentz might be a head case where when everything, like, that MVP or everything works, but with the whole Phil Foles stuff and they draft Jalen Hurts, I think Carson Wentz is just a head case. Like, he's an awesomely talented player. But he's a head case. Did you guys see that live stream I went on where I retweeted the Eagles guy? The guy was so Philly. He's like, dude, we can't start Jalen Hurts now. Are you crazy? <laughs> he sounded like, he's like that. Carson Wentz, he's a good running quarterback. Hi, Bird Gang Shooter. The most Philly guy I've ever seen, <laughs> ever. Those periscopes are fun. I met um, um, a very uh, pretty voice girl. We might actually have her on for picks next week, so we'll see what happens. Wait, Danny, could you do that impersonation again? Hi, Bird Gang Shooter. Hi, Burger Gang Shooter. That was so funny. I'm going to make that into a drop. Um, all right. The Poo Poo PP game of the week. We got Jags at Bengals. Listeners went Bengals. I'm going Jags. I'm going Jags. Justin? Yeah, I'm going Jags as well. They've been uh, they've been establishing the run, Bobby Skinner. Uh, kill me. Um, they've been running. 2 2 James Robinson. They've been running the ball pretty well. What, like 120, 140? I think it's 140 yards per game. So, I can't believe I just did a volume stat. Give me the Jags. Uh, give me Joe Burrow and the Bengals to win this one. Okay, okay. All right, picks. Danny, what is your prediction for Giants-Rams? Uh, my prediction for Giants-Rams, also want to let us know, Makai Becton just went down. Just to let you know, Bobby. Uh, the game's my, actually on? Yeah, it's on right now. Makai Becton just went down. Uh, my my, my my predictions for this week: the Giants have broke up me. I I'm not even gonna mention 2016 that Giants Rams game, a fantastic game. 2017 Giants Rams, we're never gonna speak of that game in our lifetime again. <laughs> do you think it could I'm be gonna? Do you think it could be another 2017 Giants Rams game? God, I, I turned that game off. I couldn't watch it anymore. Uh, I'm gonna do it. You know, I'm going to do reverse karma this week. Give me the Rams to win so the Giants will win this one. And so give me the Rams to win. I'm going to do it like 55 to 2. And then the Giants are going to go out there and beat the Rams and shock the world. When picking Giants games this year, I have a 2-1 record. And I'm taking the Rams. Give me 27 to 13. This is going to be another ugly game. Offense isn't going to be able to do anything. And... A lot of people are going to get mad at the defense because the offense can't do anything. Justin, you're right. This Rams team is good. They are really good. Or they're, they're a good team. The Giants, they're struggling. I've, we've never been more demoralized as a Giants, as Giants fans, man. It's just like, what 
what is going right? We don't like Jason Garrett. This defense struggles on third down. It's just like we're just we're just a team that's too young, not ready to win games. But the Giants are going to win. They're going to win big. Giants 77, Rams 0. I want to rip the horns off of the Rams. And if you reply to my tweet prediction. This aged well. This aged well. Your mother will um, break her back. How about that? Whoa. She will She will have a broken back within a day. Don't do that to your mother. <laughs> Giants win 77 to 0. My, I thought that was going to be much worse. I think that was actually a little... My mother little has historically bad back problems. So Then do not tweet. Then don't do the tweet. Don't do the tweet. <laughs> Simple as that. He's laid down the law. All right, so... Mekhi Becton went down. That's a real shame. Um, sucks for anyone who picked the Jets, dummies. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, Becton's back in. He's back in. No, he's on the injury tent. He's back in the game. I'm looking at it right now. Third and four. Third and four. Play by That's play. Not Donald Becton. drops I, back. I bet you five Stan bucks. Scrambles. That's not Becton. That's not Becton. Becton is number 77. No, he's 75, isn't he? No, you're definitely wrong. You are Wait. totally wrong. No, he's 75. Danny, I literally do a breakdown on Mekhi Becton every week. He's 77. That is true. That is true. All right, that's an episode. Let's win freaking game. And let's go big blue.